Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing the topic of cow cost. And I'm joined today by Stan Beavers, who's a practitioner in ranch economics with the King Ranch Institute for Ranch Management. Thanks for joining me today, Stan. I appreciate it, Aaron. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Stan, before we talk about annual cow cost, I was looking back through our podcast archives and realized it's been almost two years since we had a conversation. So I'd like to give you the opportunity to share a little more about yourself, your background, and the journey that's got you to where you are today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a journey that I wouldn't recommend everybody take. But uh, with that said, uh, I spent 27 years with the Texas A&M Extension Service. Uh, working up in North Texas, a little town of Vernon, where you know we have an A&M center. And if you think about the North Texas area and the Texas Rolling Plains, and you think about the Old West uh, ranches like the Four Sixes, the Pitchfork, the Wagner, the area that I worked uh, was where all those ranches were within about an hour and a half to two-hour drive of, of where I was headquartered. So. You know, I've, I've done a bunch, most of my work for the 27 years had to do with some aspect of, of ranch management, whether it be ranch cost or, or ranch efficiency or, or whatever. So I, I did that for 27 years. I, I retired from there in, in September of, of 2016. And at the same time uh, that I was doing that, uh, Texas A&M allowed me to, to do some consulting work outside the state of Texas. Uh, so really starting uh, when the Beef Cow-Calf Spa program was kind of initialized back in the early 90s with the NCBA, uh, we took that on pretty heavily uh, here in, in Texas. And then also at the same time, uh, I was able to take that and consult uh, in, on various branches outside the, the state. Uh, so at the same time I was working for extension, I was kind of do, doing a consulting uh, business as well. Uh, when I officially retired from A&M, uh, then I was able to, to consult not only in other states, but Texas as well. Uh, so at the same time, I've, I've created what was called Ranch KPI LLC, which is, a, which is a ranch consulting company where we try to help ranchers identify what you know, their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and create a plan of attack to, to improve the weaknesses. Uh, at the, also at the same time, I uh, became involved with the King Ranch Institute uh, for Ranch Management at, at Texas A&M Kingsville. I've uh, been working with them since 2013 and, and on, a, on a consulting basis, but in, in 2018, they asked if I would take a formal appointment uh, as a faculty member there. So uh, starting in, in the fall of 2018, I became a, a ranch practitioner uh, in, in ranch economics teaching the graduate students there what I think I know about ranch management and trying to come up with ranch costs and, and those type of items. And then finally, on, on the side, uh, in my spare time, I also run my own cows as well. So, um, so I stay kind of busy. Yeah, that's a lot of balls to juggle, I would say. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit today about annual cow cost and, and what you see in terms of the big drivers of annual cow costs for the ranches you work with. Yeah, let's let's start with, you know, when as I mentioned, you know, I've been doing this really since 1990-91. And back then, uh, when we kind of started running uh, the analysis for ranches, it was a pretty, pretty solid rule of thumb that it would cost a, a ranch about a dollar a day to run a cow on their operation. So the average way back in, in the in the early 90s, late 80s, 
uh, the average cow cost was about $365 a year. Now, fast forward uh, to my clients uh, today, uh, I'm, I'm looking at data right now, the last three year average of, of my customers. And right now, the average is $956 a cow. So, you know, you can do the math and, and say, how in the world did we get from 365 to over $900 uh, to run a cow a year in a matter of 30 years? And it's it's really kind of funny if you do the math that that actually works out to be about a two to four percent inflation, um, which is one of the the pitfalls of of running cows uh, because again, from a productivity standpoint, you're kind of locked at at how many calves a cow can give you in one year and how many pounds you can wean off of one cow uh, from their calves. Uh, you're kind of maximized there, but the problem is the you couple that to what it costs you to get those same amount of pounds that are maximized, and all of a sudden you've got costs that that are rising at if nothing else the inflation rate. Uh, so you know you kind of get that cost price or productivity and, and uh, expense squeeze there that you know it, it gets pretty tough and it's the margins are getting tighter and tighter, you might say. So, you know, uh, about 950 uh, to run a cow a year. And and as you and I revisit, and typically the top three of those costs uh, will always be the labor and management that's involved in, in running that operation is number one. Uh, and number two, which sometimes one and two are interchangeable, uh, number two is the depreciation of all my assets. And, and I know people want to talk about, you know, depreciation being a non-cash cost, and so I don't have to include it, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, you do. Uh, I don't care, if, you know, what you say. I mean, we, we all agree that, that ranching is a highly capitalized business. It takes lots of dollars. It takes lots of assets. And anytime you involve that, that amount of assets, then those assets are going to depreciate over time. And so you have to include the depreciation. Uh, if you want to do just strictly cash, you know, record keeping, that's fine. You know, but I will tell you, if, uh, you will run out of efficiency at some point. You will run out of depreciation and you'll have to replace something. Uh, and, and it will be very tight to do that. So labor and management tends to be number one. Depreciation number two, although they can be switched. And then the final one, number three, is, is always your, your feed cost. And that's typically purchase feed or, or raise feed. So those three then uh, of that 950, those three will typically make up about half of the total cost to, to run that cow a year. So uh, that's a quick synopsis, Aaron. Uh, I'll kind of stop right there and, and uh, see what see if we have some chatter here. Well, I think what you brought up, you know, as I think about the ranches you're working with, a lot of those are historic long-standing ranches how do you handle grazed feed and, and where the ranch is owned in terms of thinking about value generated by a land enterprise versus the value generated by the cow enterprise? Are you looking at those any way separate as you think about ranch analysis or is it all kind of lumped together? No, absolutely. What, you know, here where I'm located in West Texas, uh, you know, we have the luxury of, of not having to do a bunch of hay production, a bunch of feed production. So, you know, typically our, our winter feed program tends to come out of uh, bulk protein, you know, cubes that, that we're feeding. But also at the same time, uh, I have a good number of, cl of clients in the mountain regions uh, from New Mexico to Montana, uh, where hay production is a vital part of their operation. 
So you know, how do we how do we get around that? Well, you know, we still want to do good ranch accounting and analysis. So it starts with good accounting, where I can build a, uh, an accounting system uh, for an operation where you know the the feed, the or excuse me, the fuel, the depreciation on my hay equipment, the repairs and maintenance on my hay equipment. What we try to do is that while we're doing a good job of, of, of keeping track of all those expenses for a tax base, uh, you know, for to keep us out of tax trouble, we also at the same time want that accounting system to be able to isolate what those hay costs are. And so, you know, one of the, the other things that I do for ranches is try to help them set up their accounting system where they can still do their tax type accounting, uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I, I deal a lot in what's called key performance uh, indicators or KPIs. And any ranch that's, that's growing their own hay, you know, a KPI for them should be what their total cost per hay production per ton is every year and to be able to track that uh, the same way over time. Uh, but if you're going to do that, obviously you have to take your accounting records and then isolate and pull specific things out of that for the ranch and look at it specifically for the hay. So again, at some point, does it cost me $65 per ton of hay or does it cost me 75 or heaven forbid it costs me over $125 a ton of hay to produce my own hay. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not so much <clears throat> that we try to make that a top one, two or three number, uh, but it's a cost that we try to, you know, calculate every year by pulling out information uh, out of their system uh, that we can track over time and just see, you know, what that hay cost is over time. So it's not necessarily one of the top three, but it's certainly an area of, of isolation of expenses that we want to look at. When you look at ranches that you see do an effective job of managing their cow costs, what are some key things that you see they consistently do? Uh, you know, I, I get that question quite a bit, and uh, I, I would love to say there's a single bullet, a silver bullet that that here's what they do, and this is what makes them great or not great. And and I will tell you that it's as we all recognize, it's not that easy. Um, so what I my answer to that is they scrutinize every dollar that they spend. I mean, how does this dollar? And and this sounds kind of silly, but it's absolutely true. You know, if I'm a cow-calf operator, my number one goal is to wean a live calf. That is what my cows are all about. I mean, it's, it's not the cows, albeit they're just a tool and they're darned important, but so is the land, so is the labor and all those things. But the final goal of any cow-calf operation is to, to wean a live calf. So as I spend dollars, by spending that dollar, I ask myself, how does this help me wean a live calf? Now, the example I always use is going out there and, and buying a, you know, a John Deere Gator or a, a $5,000 ranch horse or, or whatever, you know, and something that seems kind of silly at the start, but ask yourself, by having that good horse or having that, you know, ATV or UTV or whatever, if that helps me get out to those heifers, 15 minutes sooner to get that calf up off the cold ground and get that calf nursing that heifer, that dollar that I just spent can be justified. 
Okay, so it's all about the efficiency of, of how I'm spending my dollars. And so put another way, again, I scrutinize every dollar that I spend. It's not that I'm a low cost producer or a high cost producer. It's that a, it's the fact that I'm a very efficient producer. I spend my dollars, but I recognize that the dollars that I'm spending as expenses are going to help me wean more calves. Sounds silly, but that's kind of the way we need to look at it. Talk a little bit with us, Stan, the difference between fixed cost and variable cost and how those apply on the ranch and how we might think about trying to address those as we think about the dollars we spend. Yeah, no, and, and that, boy, Aaron, you hit on something here that's that's huge because, again, we mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, the, the ranching uh, being very highly capitalized. It takes lots of assets, you know, to, you know, to, to run a ranch. Um, well, with that becomes the depreciation. Now, and, and where I'm getting to is if you go back and think about, you know, in, in your Ag Econ 101 class where the professor, we were, you know, if we stayed awake long enough, he talked about the dirty five, which is the fixed cost of an operation. And when, when you say dirty, it's spelled D-I-R-T-I. So you've got an I at the end instead of a Y. But the dirty five was depreciation, insurance of my, and, and think about all the fixed costs are dealing with assets, okay, or the assets that are involved in the ranch. So as I go down through this, think about how they're involved. Depreciation of my assets. Well, that means my assets are getting older. Depreciation is D. I is insurance. R is repairs and maintenance. Well, if I use my assets, I'm going to have to repair them. So R is repairs. T is property tax or is taxes and, and in this case mostly t- uh, property taxes not in the case of income taxes well i have to pay taxes on my assets and then the last one is i for interest and if i'm buying my assets and and having to take a mortgage out on tractors or land or whatever then i'm paying interest on my assets as well so i, I collectively look at those dirty five Okay, and that's that's the old Ag Econ 101. Now then, from my experience, Aaron, I say there's really six now from a ranching standpoint because, again, the, the dirty five tends to do with agriculture as a whole. But as we get more specific, and you and I both know that ranch accounting, you know, ag accounting is one thing. I mean, it's totally different than any other in- industry. But even within agricultural accounting, then you talk about ranch accounting, and it's a whole nother beast even within agriculture. So when we talk about, you know, what the fixed costs are in, in ranching, I go ahead based on my experience and add the labor and management as a sixth fixed cost. Because, again, as we all know, it's tough enough to keep this labor, you know, in, in place. And, and, you know, if it, I mean, if it was easy, we wouldn't be using HTAs and, you know, trying to find every source of labor that we could to get on these ranches. So, again, I go ahead and add the sixth one as, as labor. Now, why is all that important? Those six typically make up 63% of your operation. Now, that's huge, okay? So, for every dollar in revenue that a ranch brings in, in terms of, you know, income or, or revenue, we, regardless where it comes from, whether it's from cow sales, coal sales, calf sales, wildlife, gravel, whatever, for every dollar in revenue, it takes 63 cents of that dollar to pay those six items. Now that's huge, okay? And that to me is indicative of the statement that ranching is a highly capitalized you know, type of business. Now, so, that, so flip that coin. 
Well, if it takes 63 cents of that dollar of revenue to pay those six fixed cost items, then I have, in this case, 37 cents left to do two things with. One is to pay variable costs, which is the feed, the vet, the fertilizer, those type things, or heaven forbid, I might want to keep a penny or two of that revenue as net income. So now that's, that's step number two. Now, number three, why is this so important? Is what's the best way or what's the easiest way in the short term to decrease fixed cost? And it's always to increase the unit supply against it. Well, what do I mean in a ranching sense? It's running more cows on the same amount of property and using the same amount of assets. So again, if, if I've got, you know, one labor hired out here, I don't want him just holding 500 cows or handling 500 cows. I'm wanting him to do 510 or 1,010. You know, I, I want him, as I've told other people, you know, and it sounds, you know, kind of bad, but in terms of spending a dollar on labor, I want to get a dollar and a nickel's worth of effort out of the guy. Now, we know we can't run people in the ground. We can't run our assets in the ground. Uh, but, you know, we have to make the most efficient use of those assets when we've once we've decided to purchase them. So that's the kicker about the fixed cost is, is making sure that, that I am at that point of effectiveness where I spend a dollar on a fixed cost. I want a dollar and a dime's worth of effort out of it. So I'll stop right there, Aaron, and, and give you a chance to, to say something. Yeah, I, I really appreciate what you said there. And I one of the illustrations I'll sometimes use is say, let's say I've got a 300 cow ranch and my neighbor's got a 200 cow ranch and he comes to me and says, Aaron, I'll make you a deal. I'll lease you my ranch and sell you my cows. Well, the day I go buy those 200 cows and I join our two ranches together, I probably don't need to go hire somebody if I'm going to operate these two places together now. Now we might have a conversation about whether that I might need to hire some more day help or things like that, but probably the labor and equipment that I have that was caring for 300 cows can also care for another 200 cows, especially if I run them as a management group. And I, I just think that helps me sometimes think about when we typically add labor, also we add equipment, right? Because if I go hire somebody, what are they gonna wanna have? A pickup to drive, a four-wheeler to ride, a trailer to pull behind the pickup to haul the horse in. And that's not a criticism, it's just how it works. So I think, you know, this labor per cow unit deal is a challenge. And then I think also we have to be really real about how much overhead can a cow afford. It just, when I looked at today at the price of a pickup or a trailer, price of a tractor, uh, how can I get by without, and, and I would have you challenge me on this a little bit, how much production can I give up potentially uh, if I also can reduce overhead significantly? Well, no, that's exactly right. And, and this is the type of decisions, Aaron, that it takes good accounting and good inventory systems to, to make those decisions. Uh, you know, two things, uh, two specific examples that I have have going on right now and one that had going on in the past. One of them, the first one was exactly the scenario that you just, you, you just gave me. Somebody's got a 3,500 mama cow operation that you know, a, a ranch within 27 miles has called and said, hey, we would like to sell you our operation. You know, it's it's another, you know, nine, 10,000 acres and you run another 300 cows and they call and say, Stan, what, you know, here's here's the deal. You know where we're at right now. 
you know, what do we look like, uh, you know, if, if we bought this property and, and, you know, and, and took on our own cows, we don't want their cows uh, because actually the ownership is leasing the operation to another tenant right now, but they're looking to, to just sell it outright. And as you alluded to, Aaron, my first question to them is, do you have to add labor? You know, you're 27 miles away. Do you think you can get that accomplished, you know, the management of that accomplished uh, without having to add any labor? And if the answer is yeah, you know, if the answer is no, uh, you've got to seriously consider, well, you know, that's probably going to increase my efficiency. And it's, and as I mentioned to them, uh, you know, what you also have to admit at the same time is that you weren't 100% efficient to start with. Well, yeah, you know, my guys could, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you have to admit that. Well, again, it's not a bad thing, but it's, you know, it's like admitting, well, you know, now we're going to get a little more stringent about it. We're going to add some things. Uh, second scenario, and, and this is where some of these decisions, uh, once you start making decisions about fixed cost and changing the structure of a business, um, those decisions get really complicated. Great accounting data and great inventory helps to simplify it. Now, one scenario that I'll, the second scenario that I'll, I'll just run by you, uh, and I'll just tell you what the result was without going into a lot of detail. Operation that was doing a lot of farming as well uh, that decided, you know, that, that just their farming cost, I mean, <laughs> you probably, you know, you probably would agree there's, there's cowboys out there that should never try to farm. Um, it just, you know, you just don't you know, put them on a horse, but don't put them in a tractor. Um, well, they were trying to do some farming to get some pasture growing to, to grow and sell heavier calves because that's what they've done in the past. You know, for the last 50 years, they'd, you know, take their wean calves and grow their own wheat pasture, small grain pasture. And as I told them, uh, you know, look, I'm going to call your owners and say, I am going to recommend that your revenue gets cut by a quarter of a million dollars. And as you can imagine, that got blowed up pretty fast. But I said, now let me finish. But at the same time, what I'm also proposing is that your expenses go down a half a million. Are you willing to do that? Well, that means you sell smaller calves, less revenue, but all of a sudden you start cutting out your farming expenses and your expenses go down by half a million. That is the epitome of becoming a more efficient operation. Okay, it's not maximizing productivity. It's not maximizing the size, the size of a calf to sell. It's trying to maximize profitability instead of productivity. And that's, you know, that's, that's a new concept for some of our ranch. I hate to say that, uh, but at times that seems to be a new concept uh, for some of our guys. Well, I think that really is, I think, a nice way to put that together. I think this is, again, not a criticism, but we've really focused as an industry over the last 50 years on driving production or maybe even 70 years where, you know, how do we produce more? And I, I think we're at a place now where I think we have to challenge ourselves a little bit looking at does that next unit of input really result in a value of production that's greater than its cost? Absolutely. Yes, I, I fully agree. Um, because again, you know, if, if you're going to run cows until they start laying down having litters, She's only going to give you one calf a year, and you have to recognize that. And the, and the only other thing, you know, as, as you've probably heard me say before, a cow gives you three things in her life. The last thing she gives you is her coal value, which is her, you know, she gives up her life for you. The other two things she gives you is 
first off the calf. And as we all know, it's not a whole calf. It's about 0.83 calf. Okay. Because we end up with about 83% calf crop. And then the second thing is she gives you half the genetic potential for that calf to gain manifested through winning weights, the other half coming from a bull. Those are the only three things a cow gives you. That's not going to change. And the greatest influence, the only one that's really variable there is weaning weights. And the greatest influencers of weaning weights are weather, days of age, and then everything else I choose to do. So again, I can have the best genetics in the world uh, out here in my cow herd, but if I'm in a drought for, you know, three months, uh, those genetics can't be manifested and can't be blossomed uh, into their full potential. So again, weather will trump Trump us all the time. Um, so again, those three things. I say that to say now then you couple that, you know, again, with the rising cost of inflation and, you know, it, it gets a little rough. So, you know, but again, that's where coming up with greater efficiency is so important. Maximizing productivity won't get you there because more times than not, if you're trying to maximize productivity, your expenses get away from you. You try to do too many things and it costs you. And, and the cost of that endeavor uh, is greater than what the, the returns of that, that production increase is. Stan, as you think about ranches today and as you think about the ranches you consult with, what would be the two or three things that you would highlight as critical in your mind for ranch management to know and understand to try to move forward and be profitable in today's environment with a cow-calf enterprise? Number one, and this is one thing that, that I try to impose upon my grad students, you know, in the past, it was always about the land, okay? You know, I'm, you know, I own this much land or I control this much land, I lease this much land. Well, you've just chosen that cows are going to be your tool to generate yourself a return on your investment, on your land investment. Now, so at one time, you know, the, the stocking rate was huge. And it still is. Don't get me wrong. It still is. It's still incredibly important. <clears throat> but it becomes even more important because now, now the fact that you've chosen cows, and you alluded to it earlier, Aaron, now that you have chosen cows to be your tool to get your return on the land, you have to accept the fact that there is going to be X number of dollars of fixed costs that are associated with a cow herd that where land was a number one decision, nowadays land is a 1A, but the fixed cost associated with the cows that I'm running is now a 1B because the fixed cost structure of that ranch is almost as important as just having the land to start with. Okay, so that's number one, recognizing, you know, what that relationship is and, and the, the incredible importance of not only, you know, stocking rate relative to carrying capacity, but stocking weight relative to what the fixed cost of that herd is. Okay, that's to me is, and that's going to be incredibly important for the next five, 10 years. Okay, I mean, it's just... It's, it's just huge. Being able to drive down that fixed cost by maintaining or increasing a stocking rate relative to carrying capacity. Uh, and then number two, as I mentioned uh, earlier, you know, just scrutinizing every dollar. Um, you know, how does this dollar spent get me another live calf on the ground? So, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of this. The, this land that's in time is going to be sold it's going to turn over uh, and the question is who's going to be able to buy this property and we're, you know we're already seeing you know a lot of these big ranches come up for sale and 
you know, if, if nothing else, for like the University of Nebraska, you know, that you work with and, and at Texas A&M that I work with, we're going to have to have young people trained to be great business managers. They can't just be cowboys anymore. They've got to be good animal husbandry type, but more importantly, they've got to have this business structure. And it's not just the business structure of any business out here. It's the fixed cost type business that, that ranching is a big part of. So I'd stop with those two big things because those two are, are huge. And, and again, that leads to so many other things like, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to have a great accounting system that, that will give you the type of data that you want. Uh, you got to have the great inventory system. And again, when I say great, I'm, it's back to the efficiency. I mean, great can be an Excel spreadsheet. You know, great can be a big chief tablet, you know, uh, but using that data to not only recognize what the, what the problem is, but coming up with a solution and then having the capacity and the interpretive skills to my owners that this is what we need to change. And this is the plan that we're going to follow to change that. So, uh, I tell my guys, you know, there's there's a big difference nowadays, and, and I see it quite often, uh, even though not in the industry doesn't necessarily want to talk about it, that there's a big difference between a ranch manager and what I call a professional ranch manager now, uh, where ranch managers were old school. Uh, you know, we could, you and I both could sit here and list off names of, of guys that we know to be ranch managers. They're old school, and there's nothing wrong with that. Boy, they did a great job. They got us to where we are. But those guys, in my mind, don't have the business skills, the analytical skills that it takes to sit down and make some of these really business structure changing decisions that our ranches are going to have to follow. So somewhere in there, there, there needs to be a pretty big group of, of professional ranch managers that are going to be hired by these guys that are buying these ranches. So anyway, I'll, I'll stop right there, Aaron. Well, Stan, I really appreciate our conversation today. Thanks for your input, your your ideas, your thought process as we think about cow cost and managing those. Uh, glad to be a part. Uh, I look forward to, to working with you guys in the future. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. We do have a unit cost of production workshop coming up February 3rd and 4th in Valentine, Nebraska where we will actually work through a sample ranch scenario and talk about many of the topics we discussed today on the Beef Watch podcast. And we'll be looking at the different enterprises that are part of that ranch and also having some conversation around possible management changes that could be made to improve profitability. For more information on that opportunity, I'd encourage you to give me a phone call or shoot me an email. Uh, my email is aburger2 at unl.edu or you can reach me at 308-235-3122.